Welcome to Season 1, Episode 24 of Beyond the Zero. I'm your host, Ben. Joining me today is Jack Moody. Jack is a writer, and his new novel, Crooked Smile, is out in March from Outcast. Welcome to the show, Jack. Hi, thank you for having me, Ben. Can we start with Dancing to Broken Records? It came out in 2019. It's a novel Mm of interlinked short stories, and they revolve more or less around your central character, Henry Gallagher. Do you want to tell us a bit more about him? I mean, it's it's not that thinly veiled autobiographical. I mean, it's me. I'm not going (laughs) to... It's kind of hard to hide that part. He's interesting because you do anchor your stories around him. And again, we'll talk about Crooked Smiles in a minute because you return to him. His, I guess, his addictions and his uh, mental illness and things like that are pretty, like they're pretty intense to read about. So is that stuff that you've gone through yourself? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I try to be as honest as I can. My whole thing with writing has always been uh I may not be able to be the best writer ever, but I can be completely honest Yeah, because I have a specific story to tell. So if I can be entirely honest about my experiences, then I have a larger chance of actually connecting with people. So that's always been kind of the mantra. Wow. So with that stuff, like I know that with mental illness and, and I guess most of us have an experience of, of some kind of mental illness at some point with the experience that you had uh, and putting it into a book, is that a cathartic experience for you uh it goes both ways for some things um it was subjects that i didn't really talk about so putting it down on paper was kind of cathartic it was a bit of a release other times it was kind of painful yeah going back over things that i'd rather not think about but still the end result is kind of finding some finality in it and acceptance so it it is it's you know it's all just a process of therapy really yeah so i guess i mean i have to ask as a you know uh personal interest and and uh in terms of your health as well is that something that you're feeling better about now that you've created these two works that really feature some of that stuff yeah definitely um it's a huge part of my ongoing process of uh, healing and and coming to terms with things it it, it's helped a lot and i'm doing a lot better a lot better than i was at that in broken (laughs) broken records for sure okay because i think we'll move on to crooked smiles which is out next year from outcast you return to harry in that in that novel and this is a whole novel about him and what he's going through and when we start, um, he's going, you know, he's had a bit of a psychiatric breakdown and he's, uh, you know, he's come out of hospital. And then we kind of see him over over the course of almost a year uh, with his interactions with other people. With him, I guess, being you in this case, how much of that is, is biography? Um, <laughs> legally, I feel like <laughs> uh, mo- almost all of it is real. Wow. Okay. I probably shouldn't say what is and isn't, so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 the closest thing to a memoir with still calling it a, a you know a fiction novel. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away about the plot, um, but do you want to just tell us a bit more about the setup and and 
and where we meet Harry and, and the characters who get involved. Right. Um, Henry, Henry, I don't know. Oh, sorry, I Henry. couldn't. Yeah, you're good. Uh, yeah, it starts in the, I think it was the beginning of 2018. Uh, I had checked. It's weird saying I, uh, Henry checks himself <laughs> <laughs> into a, a mental hospital. Um, yeah, I had a kind of a manic breakdown and came out of that and the course of the novel takes place over like a year or two after that happening and just kind of coming to terms with the sources of where that came from uh the addictions the mental illness a lot of unchecked issues that were kind of just uh drowned and and ignored with uh alcohol so it's kind of a you know a uh what's the word not coming to terms like a uh growing up novel <laughs> coming of age thank okay. you my my partner over there just helped me <laughs> <laughs> so with the i guess with the female relationships he has some of them i think are quite destructive and some of them are really they build him up could you tell us about your female characters in the book yeah i think there's um three really important ones and uh one was an old co-worker of mine who uh kind of she tried to help and kind of acted as a motherly figure in a way because I was just a mess, but we kind of ended up uh, bouncing off each other in negative ways and kind of breaking each other down with our own combined trauma. And that played a large part in the destruction of the relationship with this other woman who's named Riley in the book who I had been with for about a year. And that plays a kind of large part in the novel is the uh, slow breakdown of this unhealthy relationship, largely due to uh, unchecked mental illness and, and a pretty serious issue with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And um, my favorite, okay, she's like one of my best friends, um, name's Georgia in the book, or, uh, ginger <laughs> i think her name is ginger yeah. she asked me to change it a couple of times <laughs> um but uh, she was somebody i knew when i was a lot younger and in 2018 we got back in contact randomly it's all in the book and uh she really helped me kind of get my head out of my ass and she is still a really important person to me and i really wanted to make her character a fully fleshed important like three-dimensional character because she's an amazing person and and played a big part in me getting my head out of my ass i wanted to do right by her in the book it's it comes off as really raw the book um like i think even more so than dancing to broken records because i think this is in a way and maybe because it's, it focuses just on Henry that 
it feels um, even more honest in a way, which I think is really cool. But with the way the book's written, it feels like there's a lot of like destruction and rebuilding along the way. And I think that in really good art, I think a lot of good art does that. It destructs and then rebuilds. So do you want to talk a bit more about how you do that in your book? It takes place during a person's rock bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, the most like difficult, painful uh, life experiences that occurred to this person in a short amount of time. And it was kind of just this period of reckoning. Like, um, you're either going to die if you keep going through life like this, or you need to change. And it it's kind of, over the course of this novel, is him slowly coming to terms with the fact that, uh, you know, the clock is ticking and he can't keep living like this and something needs to change. And especially helped on by a lot of the reoccurring characters in the book, a lot of the people in my life, um, he slowly kind of gets his head out of his ass and starts being able to, through these other people, kind of see himself and what he's doing and the kind of person that he's becoming. And also gets down to why he is becoming this kind of person and, and uh, taking part in these kind of self-destructive acts. So it's kind of this journey of, of self-understanding, self-acceptance, you know, not to sound all cliched, but I mean, it's, it's real. <laughs> he does kind of come to a place that is, it's more resolved. I'm not going to tell you if it's, if it's a lot happier or not, but it is more resolved, I think. And um, it does, without giving anything away, like I think it has a satisfying uh, ending. But with, with Henry, is he somebody you want to, revisit is he somebody you're going to leave for now or just um you know check in with every so often like the i guess like the rabbit run books yeah um i've thought about it a lot um generally lately i've been going a lot towards more just just straight fiction kind of getting out of my own head and there's also something that rubs me a little bit the wrong way about autobiographical fiction. It's kind of masturbatory, <laughs> just always thinking about yourself, writing about yourself. Um, I, I'm enjoying taking a break from it. Also, it, it can become kind of self-destructive as a, as a uh, autobiographical writer is that you're always looking for like whether subconsciously or not material. And I kind of touch on it in the book that, um, you know, he, he finds success, some level of success in writing. And he did that by exhibiting the, this terrible, destructive behavior. And he wants to get better. He wants to get sober or, or uh, get his mental health in check. Um, but there's a part of him that kind of yearns for the self-destruction because it, in his mind, helps create more art. And so that's something that I had struggled with, like it, with, with getting sober, with, um, you know, it, even uh, getting medication is, will I lose my edge or something? Mm -hmm. 
um, will I not have any more material? Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to step back and realize you're not a character in a fucking book. Oh, can I swear? <laughs> fucking go for it, mate. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, oh, the fucking lost me. What was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You were talking about uh, the idea that, I guess, destruction um, and being a shit person sometimes makes pretty good art. Right, yeah. You have to step out because you, you start to see yourself just kind of as a character in your book. It becomes kind of, um, it's like derealization almost. Like it, you're, it's the separation from reality. It's that you do all these things and you don't quite care anymore whether what you're doing is is moral or unhealthy because you just kind of start seeing yourself as the character in this book and it's all oh, well this would be a great story let's go out of our way to do something terrible um more subconsciously than actually thinking about it but it it does that that line of thought really reinforces um if you ever we're having difficulty getting your life together. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily make you want to try to get your life together. Mm. If that makes sense. Oh, completely. I think that, um, there's a lot of writers I think who are in that same ship. I think a lot of people will continue being, you know, destructive people in a lot of ways because it does, it does create a much better story and conflict and, uh, and drama, you know, that's what we like to read about. So I can completely understand why it would be hard to step away from those things and it would be hard to go back to something that's purely fictional because I think sometimes uh, the way we interact with people makes us, uh, you know, write those things down. We're going to be the people sometimes at the back of the room watching everybody else and we're going to be people maybe getting involved and being the train wreck at the party or doing the drugs in the toilet. <laughs> It, it yeah it's it, it it can be kind of a symptom of a lot of deeper issues you know like a, a need for attention um you know kind of like self-mythologizing yourself as this bigger character than you are i mean i know like hunter s thompson kind of talked about it and had an issue mm -hmm. with that where like the character of himself kind of became bigger than he was and uh, he felt like he was kind of trying to like live up the expectation of this character when people were meeting him and he had kind of done that to himself. Um, so it's, it's a tricky thing to navigate when the subjects that you write about are like that. And when it does come from a place of, of uh, autobiography, mm. it's, so that is to say that I'm really enjoying writing just some fucking fiction. <laughs> I've calmed down a lot. It's nice. <laughs> I don't miss it. So speaking of that, uh, do you have some current projects you're working on? Yeah. Um, I had an idea for a novel that I wanted to write. And... Um, in the meantime, I just kind of, I'm always just writing stories. And I started realizing that there was kind of a, a theme uh, that was a constant in them. And 
uh, so I'm about five stories in to my second collection of short stories that is it's just entirely fictional I'm kind of going in more of a, a surrealist direction it seems like I'm enjoying kind of you know flexing the literary muscles as a buddy of mine said just kind of trying different things just trying to get better as a writer and and uh spread out my style and and uh, ability I guess so I don't have a title for it yet um it's about a third of the way through a bunch of the stories that have come out recently are going to be in it um there's a there's two stories out with uh a thin slice of anxiety and shout out to Cody Sexton he's amazing um called Theo's masterpiece and the absence of death those are in it um also uh Horace Lee's trash magazine published a uh there is one autobiographical story that's probably making it in it's called welcome home inmate number who gives a shit <laughs> and it was about my experience uh going to jail briefly when i was 18 that was a fun one and that's out there and uh, i'm working on an, another story right now for it um i kind of just like working on one thing at a time or else i get overwhelmed um but there is one project we're kind of <laughs> not sure what i can or can't say but uh i used to write poetry a lot back in the day i, I really kind of stopped around when i started writing crooked smile in 2018 uh, i'd always just done it for myself there's some poetry of mine that's out there um but i never really i kind of just wrote it and tucked it away in a shelf i got books and books of poetry but and this was literally, I think, like a week ago, a group of writers just threw me in this group chat. <laughs> and they're all poets and they're all amazing, uh, much more talented than me, I'm sure. And uh, we kind of came up with this idea to do a, a, a collective, I guess it's, it's a, a chat book, a poetry chat book. And uh, so I... Put full, I dug through the crates and and gave them five poems and so it's uh, me and Courtney S. Gray who who you've uh, interviewed yeah. and Reverend the the man in the cloth yeah uh, Joe Howard and Ben Riddle who's also amazing and Barbara Genova and uh, Katie Naylor and God I hope I'm not missing anybody. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm going over it right now again. Me. We can, <laughs> <laughs> we can always just edit them in later. Yeah, just do a little sound bite. <laughs> um, yeah, I believe, so yeah, there's six of us. And we all just decided to put four, five poems. And uh, it's, I mean, it's done. All of us have our poems in. And now Barbara is putting them all together and it's going to be formatting them. And right now we're kind of shopping it around, looking for some publisher to take it on, which is exciting because I haven't uh, really dealt with poetry much. And I've never done any kind of collaborative work with anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I'm new to social media in general. I generally kind of loathe it, but uh, they're amazing people and they're incredibly talented. So I'm 
honestly honored to be a part of it. I'm really excited to see what happens with it. Uh, we don't have a title yet. I don't know uh, how much else can be said about it, but it's it's coming. It's it's soon, and it's. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm really excited. Is there a central theme they asked you to write on? Uh, sex, lives, and streaming. Okay, <laughs> was what somebody had pitched. Um, kind of, uh, yeah, sexual exploits, the macabre, dark themes, uh, kind of satire, the humor, and all of our work. The interesting thing about it is that all of our work is quite different. Our styles and our topics are fairly diverse as well, but there is kind of this thread that runs through all of that. Now that I've read almost all of the work that's going to be in there. Um, I think the, the coolest thing about this project is that we're all very different writers and tackle very different topics, but um, it, it is really cohesive in the way that it's been put together. So it's this really diverse group of people and styles of writing are all over the place. But when put together, it, it, it just fit really well. This all just kind of happens out of nowhere and it just clicked. So that's why we decided to go for it. It's great. I think, yeah, I think they're great. I'm honored that I'm even noticed by people this talented. <laughs> wow, that sounds so interesting. So I'm looking forward to that. And when you do find a publisher, what format will it be out in? as it stands i mean it's it's six writers five poems each so it'll be it's kind of like a micro chat book it's just kind of a, a fun little indie project that came together fast with a bunch of different people that all have the same goal in mind and are uh all just supportive of each other's art um so it, it's going to just be kind of this little fun side project for everybody and we don't want to overcomplicate it or pad it out too much uh everything's been happening organically as it is um so as time goes on i think we'll have a better idea but this is like super new we were talking about it a little bit more in detail the other day and i was like oh fuck i i'm literally doing an interview you want me to like bring it up <laughs> they're like yeah sure so cool. this is me bringing it up <laughs> that's so cool I guess looking into the future, are these, you know, the kind of things you'd like to continue with this collaborative style of writing? I, I, I guess so. It's, it's new for me. It's really different for me. Um, I mean, writing in general for everybody, it's like one of the most solitary acts that you can <laughs> do. Uh, so having kind of a network and communicating with other people about a single piece of art is, is different and new for me and I've always kind of worked in very isolated fashion I need to be locked away and left alone um, but just with how fun this has been and uh, how interesting of a process it's been I'd definitely be open to doing more of it um, but again I'm not really a, a, a poet though these guys are the real talent uh, I've always focused more on prose, so I was just happy they included me. Um, I kind of stopped writing poetry a few years ago just to focus on long form. It's just more, uh, it's more my style, I guess.
it was always just kind of for myself to write the poetry. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, looking forward to that when it comes out. We'll take a quick break here on Beyond the Zero. We're speaking with Jack Moody. This episode is brought to you by the Nicki Minaj biography, Wet Ass Pussy, ghostwritten by Joshua Cohen. Comes with a free mop. Available everywhere you get good books. Welcome back to Beyond the Zero. We're speaking with Jack Moody. Let's move on to you as a reader. Was there a gateway book that opened up the world of literature for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um... On the Road is what it's, if anyone doesn't like my writing, just blame Jack Kerouac. <laughs> uh, I was, I think I was 19 when I read On the Road and I had never really read things that were uh, so based in, in reality and autobiography. And, and I mean, I, I still do, but especially when I was a kid, I've, I've always had pretty, pretty serious anxiety. And it kept me from going out and doing things a lot. I've always just been a fearful person. (laughs) And it's difficult to go out of my comfort zone. And I always lamented that. I always feel like I kind of missed out on things I could have pushed myself to do that I knew I wanted to do, but that that I was was scared. I was anxious. Um, And reading that kind of, this like light went off in my head. And it kind of gave me this, this like purpose for doing things that I wanted to do anyway, just in life where, I mean, he goes out on this, on this big adventure and, and creates this beautiful piece of work based on his own experiences. And I saw that and I was like, well, maybe if you see it, like this is, this is for art. Like there's a reason to do this, go out of your way to do these things that maybe scare you, but the end result will be something that could be beautiful, that, that it, you could maybe make something because of this. There's, there's now a reason to do it. And so that really helped me kind of go out of my way to start, you know, pushing the envelope in different ways and going out of my comfort zone, uh, chasing the story you know, and, and making my life more interesting, more, um, fulfilled, um, by writing about it and and giving it some kind of meaning instead of just kind of pushing myself to do a thing just because, you know, it's something you gotta do. You're an anxious fuck. You gotta, uh, you know, the immersion therapy, (laughs) uh, it helped a lot and that's how I got into uh but that's how I got into um autobiographical writing it also just clicked with me it made sense it was kind of style of writing that um made sense to me and came easier to me kind of realistic literary fiction yeah the, the road novel I think is a genre that is so important to fiction and um it is it's something that I don't know what it is about that whole road novel thing but experiencing stuff that you're unfamiliar with and going out into the big wide world and, and, you know, and having a real experience is something so important. Yeah. It, it helps a lot 
it all it also kind of um it, it's it's a tricky line to toe but this kind of like because on one side it kind of gives you this like main character syndrome <laughs> that everybody else is just like these side characters in your mm. big fucking story um but it it kind of helped build me up a little bit and um because also what's great about about a fictionalized autobiography as opposed to a, a memoir is that you can kind of choose how to tell the story um you can have these experiences that went this way and maybe you wish they went another way or that you had been more of this kind of person and you can inject that into the story and it can kind of show you the person that you want to be almost um you can kind of write your best self into your stories and and learn from your own character which sounds a little weird but you kind of when you put it down on paper you can kind of see the qualities of yourself that you want to uh emulate more in in real life and and uh strengthen and, and show to people you know you start to see the best and the worst sides of yourself absolutely <laughs> but you start to kind of see the best sides of yourself and the parts of yourself that you love and you like um so in in a way it's it's it can be really healthy it has been really healthy for me i think i've learned a lot about myself just by writing about my experiences and seeing how i reacted and how I maybe would have or could have or should have reacted and um, becoming a, a better person through self-reflection that wouldn't have occurred as easily without putting it on paper, which I think is great. Interesting. So through Kerouac, what did you move on to next? What was your next uh, kind of literary uh, milestone? Oh Jesus! I uh, um, how deep do I want to go into this? Uh, well, when I was twenty-one, I started drinking really, really heavily, um, and I discovered Bukowski, <laughs> <laughs> and it his voice and his outlook. Also, I mean, the the writing is just—it's beautifully poetic obviously but i really connected with it and um that just kind of the the derision and the the the, the bitterness the apathy um the the struggle it all connected way too much for me at the time um because i was in a really bad place and reading this person it felt like somebody got it, you know, which is kind of embarrassing to say now. I sound like a fucking 16 year old that just discovered Nietzsche or something. But um, uh, that was the like the probably the biggest stepping stone into deciding the kind of writer that I wanted to be and how I wanted to go about making it a career was kind of jumping off from 
that style of writing and learning about yourself and reflecting on your own darkness and issues it was just kind of the next logical step it just kind of i i i was i heard those words i read those words and it just kind of made sense it was like okay this is the thing this is this is who you are this is what makes sense this is the blueprint and this is something you can do and what makes sense to you and I just never really looked back. I've always been kind of hard-headed about those things. When I want to do something, I just do it. And I fully do it. Um, I, you know, I never went to college or anything like that. I never wanted to do anything that I knew I didn't want to do. And um, And also, yeah, and you know what? Shout out to my dad. Because... <laughs> Um, he, my, my, my dad was, a uh, uh, like a corporate lawyer and he's incredibly intelligent and incredibly creative. And, uh, he, and he, he struggles with a lot of the same stuff I do, you know, thank you. Inbred Irish genetics. <laughs> and, um, but he ended up going into law because that's what his dad did. And he thought that's kind of what was expected of him. And he just kind of did the thing that he was expected to do. And, um, and I don't think this would bother my, my dad talking about it. Um, he's retired now. I mean, he fucking hated it. He hated being a lawyer. He was, he was fucking miserable. The job made him miserable. And later on in life more directly, but, but, when I was a kid, indirectly seeing how miserable this job made him uh, kind of ingrained this thing in me where I, I just decided I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do a thing that I think maybe will pan out better for me in the long run financially or something, or I'll have more of a, you know, a safety net. And this is the thing you're supposed to do because this is what the people before you did. Uh, I threw all that shit out because I saw that my dad did that exact thing and it made him miserable. And so it indirectly, my dad is a big reason that I'm an artist at all. You know, I saw that and I was like, fuck that. I want to do the thing that makes me happy, regardless of what the outcome may be. Even if I fail at it, at least I did the thing that I enjoy doing because this is all I've got you know, this life. So, you know, there's not enough time to fuck around. So, you know, six, seven years later, here I am talking to Ben <laughs> over Zoom about a book, which is great. <laughs> it's it's so nice to have your, I guess, your art project realized and to be able to talk about it and to, you know, to actually live it. Because I know there's a lot of people out there who, who do struggle to, uh, to make things work and to, to have a creative life and have a life that puts food on the table at the same time. So well done to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's surreal, man. I think a lot of it is luck and, um, you know, I don't think I'm very special or even particularly talented. I, I think I just had a goal and I don't know how not to, to do it, how not to work. You know, I have to keep going and you just get better at things. 
I I'll always do it just because I kind of have to, you know, you hear that a lot from people is that they just have to create or, or it's, it's like, uh, you know, this, this thing over your soul, like starts, it's like this plaque over your soul starts to build up and you need some kind of outlet to get it out. And for me, that's writing. So I'm, I'm incredibly thankful and, and fortunate and lucky that I, I have an outlet like that. Um, you know, art is, I don't think there'd be any purpose without art in general about life. I think that's the focal point of, of humanity. If there's ever any, if there was ever a reason for this horrible, disgusting misstep in evolution that created self-awareness and the, the understanding of death, uh, the light, the, the, the silver lining around that black cloud is, is that we have the ability to express the, the angst and happiness and, and dread everything that surrounds that through artwork. I think that's the greatest thing that humanity can or will ever be able to contribute to the universe man everything else is just cancer <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i agree with you there um let's move on to what you're reading at the moment or what you've recently enjoyed or what you're looking forward to sure yeah um shout out to sean McCollum. i picked up the recalcitrant stuff of life uh so far it's amazing i haven't finished with it yet uh, but it's right up my alley. I love that the guy's got an edge to him and and humor in the writing. I always been I've been drawn to uh, to dark literature, but when people are able to kind of pat it with that kind of level of humor, whether it's dark humor or even just kind of a way of uh, kind of uh, levity, I I think that's genius when people are able to kind of toe that line and i think he does it great i think i think he did a wonderful job that's a really nice balance that book it's a, a balance of this uh real adventure story and uh this kind of personal journey of friendship and it's got it's got everything it's just it's a really cool book isn't it yeah and it's just a wild story man yeah like <laughs> it's cool the like the that guy really had some life experiences and mm. and was talented enough to be able to write well about it that's the always i always think about that too i have so many people in my life who have the craziest stories and have lived such like full interesting or chaotic lives um and i just and i was i'd, I'd think like man if you if you could write <laughs> you would have the craziest book and uh so i kind of i like taking experiences from other people sometimes uh, especially going forward because i'm i'm done <laughs> finding more material in my own life i like sitting on a bed with my cat and drinking coffee and not getting in bar fights anymore <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you recently enjoyed? Oh, Lost City of the Monkey God. Have you ever heard of it? It sounds familiar. 
it's wild. I just, I, I went to this random like thrift store is like this woman's house that just looks like a hoarding situation, but she gets away with it because she sells it. And uh, it was this random book for five bucks. And it was written by this uh, journalist who uh, went with a group of, of anthropologists and I think like a military escort uh, into the middle of the Amazon to find this like legendary lost city um you know dating back thousands of years whether it was uh, uh like some kind of mayan civilization or or some other culture that that was more remote because it was like up in the mountains in such a remote remote area that uh they were completely isolated and he goes in there with these people and writes about the experience of, of finding evidence of it and getting this like mysterious um, like jungle parasite mm. that is it's horrifying and it's all true it's fascinating um, so I'm working my way through that it's really it's like real life Indiana Jones man it's, it's cool we'll take a quick break here on Beyond the Zero and come back with Jack's top 10 Happy cows make the best tasting beef. We make our cows extra tasty by feeding them the highest quality pure Californian wheat. Check us out at highsteaks.com. Welcome back to Beyond Zero. It's time for Jack's Top 10. I made a list. I was like, I'm going to prepare for this interview. And then I just forgot it. But um, so my top 10, um, I, I talk about this book as much as I possibly can. I mean, it's, I think it's genuinely my favorite book. Um, have you ever read the Sarah book by Scott McClanahan? No, I have not. Oh, man, it's so good. It's beautiful. Um, he's this uh, indie writer from West Virginia. And he's written a few books, but the Sarah book is 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 an autobiographical novel about his experience um, meeting his wife and the process of uh, their divorce and his experiences uh, through the marriage as it kind of crumbles and his acceptance of the divorce and uh, his experiences kind of coming like building himself back together after this you know uh life-changing shitty experience and uh but it's it's the prose that really got me it's such a unique style of writing and i'd be lying if i didn't take you know a page or two from oh not literally but (laughs) but um uh stylistically he's he's a big influence uh, I'd really, I'd recommend that to everybody. It's really funny and it's, it's got so much heart. It's really beautiful. There are parts of it that made me cry and there are parts I revisit just because it makes me crack up laughing. I fucking love mm-hmm. that book. That guy's a hero of mine, man. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Ablutions. Have you ever read Ablutions by Patrick DeWitt? Yes, I have read that, but years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I just found that randomly in a bookstore 
And I think it's genuinely like one of the funniest novels I've ever read. It's so fucking dark and like so violent and and depressing. But the the style of prose from this like uh, he writes in the second person and it's like about this uh, this guy that's like collecting notes for a novel as he works as a bartender in this you know shitty dive bar in LA and just his experiences with all the the patrons of this bar it's 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 so fucking funny I love that book and stylistically a lot I've I've, I've taken a lot from that book as well um I yeah I recommend that to people who uh I guess have a little bit of uh it's I mean it's it's a little darker. It's it's got a little edge to it. <laughs> but it's great. Um there's yeah, some memoirs I love. Uh, Running with Scissors by Augustine Burroughs, I think is is one of the best memoirs ever written. Hugely influential for me, him just as a writer in general. I think that guy's a genius. Yeah. Um yeah, and I actually I found out about Augustine Burroughs I, when I did my first reading. I was doing my reading at uh, at a well, actually, yeah, the Guilty Sparrow in the books um, is based on a real bar that I just basically fucking lived at for five years. And I did my first reading at that bar uh, for Dancing Broken Records, and this woman came up to me afterward and told me how much my writing uh, reminded her of Augustine Burroughs. And I was like, who the fuck is that? And she said, well, go read Running With Scissors and changed my whole perspective on on how to write autobiographical literature. It's uh, his ability to to write about really traumatic things, um, but with a sense of humor, without kind of... Uh, he doesn't it you don't walk away from the novel feeling miserable <laughs> like uh you can tell that there's some strength in this guy uh because he finds a sense of humor in in really awful life experiences which was a huge thing that i took to heart and try my best to use in my writing i always try to find some kind of level in humor uh in the dark shit i write about because mm. you know you gotta laugh at it and he does great. He does an amazing job at that. Um, also, Nick Flynn's uh, Another Bullshit Night in Suck City. I think it's genius. Um, it's so heartfelt and beautiful. And, and uh, he writes, have you ever read uh, Another no. Bullshit Night in Suck City? No. Oh, man. Sounds good. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Um it was about his experiences in Boston. I think it was in like the eighties when he was like around my age, I'm 27. And um, he started working at a homeless shelter and uh, his absent father who uh, struggled heavily with, with bipolar disorder uh, turns up at the homeless shelter that he's working at and it's the first time he's seen him in in however many years so it's this great story about kind of reconciling with your past and with your childhood and with your your family and he also talks about um getting over his uh maybe getting over isn't the right 
word, but coming to terms with his addictions and getting sober. Um, it's a beautiful book. It's it's a hard read. It's dark. Um, not a lot of humor to be found in that one. It's uh, it's heavy, but it's it beautifully written. The guy's a poet. Um, like in classic novels, obviously on the road is up there for me. That's always going to be on a pedestal for me. That guy, you know, changed my life. Um, Bukowski's books are hard for me because all I've never read pulp. Have you ever read pulp? Like the one fictional novel? No. Yeah. I've, I've read all of his, his, you know, the Henry Janaski books mm -hmm. and they all kind of just blend together into one like big memoir to me, like one big story of this guy's life. So it's hard to kind of pick out one, but I started with ham on rye. That was the book that introduced me to him. And uh, <clears throat> I, I think that's his best work. Uh, dealing with, you know, the childhood trauma. And again, he finds a way to make such horrible things humorous or find some humor in such awful experiences. Um, so that was a huge book for me as well. I honestly, I try not to touch Bukowski too much anymore. Um, because you got to be kind of careful <laughs> with him. I think, I, I think, uh, I, I mean, and it, this is also just a testament to his ability as a writer, but he can really send you down a dark path, I yeah. think, uh, mm -hmm. mentally. And so I kind of, I, I treat his books with respect in the way that I know I should probably be in a good place mentally if I ever want to revisit his novels. <laughs> mm. Honestly, The Little Prince, man. I love The Little Prince. Yeah. That's such a beautiful book. Um, I guess, it, it, it would it be considered like a kid's book? I think so. I think, uh, yeah. I, I read it as an adult, but, and I read it to my kids now. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. 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 It, it, it yeah. I, I had never read it until, um, Actually, the, the woman in Crooked Smile, Riley, uh, introduced it to me and told me to read it. And it's, it's just so beautiful and there's so much to take from it. And there's such great like symbolism and metaphors for important life lessons, mm -hmm. I think. And it's, it's a quick read, too. I really, it just, it just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy when you finish it. It's just a good, like, heartwarming, beautiful book. I really enjoy it. The Old Man in the Sea by Hemingway is probably my favorite book of his. All his novels are fantastic, but um, I think he really, like, tapped into something with that book. That it's just, like, so simple and clean i think he really perfected that like the iceberg style and like the, the the minimalist style that that he was famous for in that book um i don't really work in kind of minimalism like minimalist writing because i just because i learned from people like hemingway and even like you know uh palinuk to a degree that the genius of that minimalist style is is uh that it it comes across so simple and uh you know it, it's it's easy to read it, it it reads like they didn't have to think about it too much but if you actually really try to 
to emulate that style, it's it's incredibly difficult to do it well. And um, and I learned that, especially from the old man in the sea, that it, it takes a special kind of of natural talent, honestly, to be able to write a beautiful story with that kind of uh, succinct of a method. The Stranger was a big one for me by Camus. A lot of people I've talked to about it because I rave about that novel say that it's uh, it's bleak <laughs> and like a bad uh, or a negative mindset to have about the world. Um, but something just about that kind of just like passive acceptance of of just the, the shittiness of being a human <laughs> mm. um, in a way uh, if you take it in a way uh, where you can um, see it from a healthier perspective than uh, you might otherwise I guess I think it's it's a great kind of meditation on uh, I mean, it's very, it's almost like Taoist in a way, kind of just like this acceptance of, of things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, all you can do is control your reaction to them. You know, the original title of that book was Shit Happens. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, now I wish it was. That would have been perfect. Probably would have sold even better. Mm. Yeah, I love that book. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I wish I read more like newer writers. I've always kind of just gravitated towards people that are dead. (laughs) Uh, So that's why I always I try to talk about like Nick Flynn and Augustine Burroughs and Scott McClanahan as much as I can, because people like that aren't always um, on everybody's radar. But those books are, are things that I think will be around for years. Yeah. after their publication i might wrap it up with you um before we go do you want to tell me where we can find you online and where we can pre-order crooked smile when it comes out and um and get dancing to broken records yeah sure uh dancing broken records is available on amazon uh it's it's through my first publisher beacon publishing group uh, it's available in ebook audiobook and on paperback uh, there's links to it in all my social media. I'm at Jack underscore is underscore Moody on Instagram and uh, Twitter. I think I have a Facebook too. Somebody made it for me. I never check it. So <laughs> I don't give a shit. Um, and Crooked Smile is going to be coming out March 15th next year. Coming up fast. Uh, I don't know when the pre-order will be available but uh this month especially i think is when all the announcements are going to start happening we're going to start doing all the promo and and revealing the cover and everything like that so just follow me on the the social media and i god i hate having to say that shit. uh yeah follow me on social media uh to <laughs> to get any updates that'll be coming really soon about the book I'm really proud of this one, man. I, I hope you liked it. We didn't even I really did. talk about it. I hope you actually enjoyed it. <laughs> no, I did enjoy it. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, it's it's uh, it's quite raw. Like, it's it's quite sad in parts, I think. But uh, overall, it's a really enjoyable read. And I, I read it 
pretty fast. I think I read it in a few days and I think that staying in that character's life was, was really interesting for me. So yeah, really enjoyed it. Well done. It's a, it's a good little, good little book. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm really proud of it. I I honestly think it's a great book. I'm proud of what I did, and I'm really excited for people to read it. Um, it's I'm also nervous. It's incredibly revealing. Um, there's shit in there that you know people I've known for twenty years don't know. Mm. Um, but again, uh, if I'm gonna be doing this, I I, I want to be as honest as I can be. And I did that with this book. So March 15th, buy it uh, so I don't have to keep getting yelled at by people for not wearing a mask in a restaurant. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm the person wearing the mask. I work in a restaurant. I should clarify that. <laughs> um, but yeah thank you thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about this this is wild to me i've never done an interview or anything like this before so it was an honor to be able to talk to you ben thank you thank you so much and yeah i really encourage people to go out and check out uh dancing broken records and crooked smile and also yeah follow um outcast and follow jack because i think that that this whole at the moment i think there's a whole lot of really interesting writers coming out uh and i think it's really great to see new people uh in this landscape it's really cool yeah uh all respect to outcasts they're fucking amazing i really think they're doing something big so to be able to jump in on this and be a part of it is again a huge honor uh sebastian vice is amazing the best editor i could possibly work with um i yeah i can't speak highly enough of of Sebastian and Outcast. Yeah, they're doing really good things. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jack. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, you as well. Thank you again, Ben. Thanks once again to Jack Moody. His new book, Crooked Smile, will be out from Outcast in March 2022. Check out the show notes for all the details. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Beyond Zero Pod, and you can email us at beyondzeropod at gmail.com. We'll be back for the final episode of the season next week. See you then.